what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray, joined as always by my co-host Nathan. Simple podcast. Uh, all we do is listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send us. Um, typically, it's our first time hearing the band, or if not the band, at least the first time hearing that particular release. And then we give our honest reaction to it. Sometimes we love it, sometimes we hate it, sometimes we're ambivalent. Either way, though, uh, it's not really a review show, not really a critique, because we are not claiming that our opinions have any sort of uh, objective value judgments. We're just two dudes who have liked punk and hardcore for our entire lives and decided to uh, throw a couple mics in front of our faces and record the conversations that we were going to have anyway. Um, so that said, our uh, main goal here is to get new music into people's ears, even if it's stuff that we don't like. You know, don't take us on our word. If you like it, go check it out. Go buy it. Go support it. Um, I want to throw that up top because uh, a few people have been a little bit upset about some of our more disparaging um, analyses of their music. Yeah. And uh, I just would like to encourage you, if something that we've said about your band upsets you, to one, reflect upon the fact that you're a grown adult. So let's not get too salty about things and let's take things in stride. And remember that... To you, Nathan and I are uh, two strangers. Our, Total strangers. Our opinions mean nothing. Barely eking by. Right. It's uh, there's uh, our, we, our opinions, the things that we express on this show, have no objective value whatsoever. You shouldn't care if we live or die, let alone what we think of your music. Yeah. So if we say something bad about your band, just get over it. And, and not only that, but with only a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. By and large, even if we don't like your shit, yeah. keep fucking playing. Sure. Keep doing it. Right. What the fuck do you give a shit about two fucking strangers that don't like what you make? What are you, that big of a fucking baby? Right, yeah. Oh, boo-hoo, two guys I didn't fucking know complained about me on the internet? Go fuck yourself. Right, yeah, exactly. Act grown. So, uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. You know, if we, if we listen to your music today and we don't like it, who gives a shit? Move on. Somebody will. And we don't have a lot of listeners, but hey, yo. 500 or so people that wouldn't have heard your music before will hear it this week, which is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Even if even if 10 people buy the record out of the 500 that listen to the episode, that ain't fucking bad. That's 10 more people than would have consumed it anyway, so you're welcome, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, with that, let's uh, instead of getting straight into the queue, I want to kind of revisit a, uh, a thing that we did last week, which is because we only listen to music on here typically that people send us or suggest us, um, we, uh, we don't get a, an opportunity to talk a lot about the music that we listen to outside the context of this show, which is a lot of music. So last week, we uh, up top just decided to talk about a few records real quick that we had been listening to that week and enjoying. Um, so if you're down, I'd like to do that again. Sure. So <clears throat> one thing that I have been, uh, been very into th- this week is the new Institute record, Readjusting the Locks. Yep. Institute is a band that does not get talked about enough for as good and as prolific as they are. They have three full-length LPs, I think three EPs over the course of the last six or so years. Um, Every release that they've done has been fucking great. The new LP is no exception. It's, um, I guess, broadly speaking, you could you could put it in the in the post-punk world, but it's it's uh, it's got a it's much more hard-edged. It's not. It's not spacey, dreamy post-punk. It is firmly on the punk side of the post-punk stuff. Think more like early post-punk, like Warsaw, like proto-Joy Division stuff, where it's still like uh, very much aggressive, angry, driving, frantic music. The new LP, really fucking fantastic, and I would suggest it. Yeah, and it came out like earlier in the summer. Mm -hmm. I think maybe a lot of people maybe 
especially like hardcore and punk kids maybe maybe don't pay attention i don't know sure right i don't know what the fuck people are paying attention to right frankly don't give a shit yeah, right is it they're like on sacred bones yep yep so sacred bones isn't like a hardcore label right you know they're they're punk adjacent in that they put out a lot of post-punk stuff but they're right. pretty i mean shit they just fucking reissued um uh album from the 70s about the t- synth music to play for your plants right you know what I mean? So maybe there's a little bit of a gimmick to Sacred Bones, too. Sure. Um, but regardless, they do put out a lot of cool stuff. I think maybe some people write them off as being sort of like a hip label. Yeah. And I get it, but they put out a lot of really good records. Yeah. Um, the other record I've been listening to this week, which is something I've been spending all year, is the Smart Ho- Smart Hearts LP mm-hmm. on the line. Uh, incredibly capable power pop from a couple of the folks I think are also in Sheer Mag. Um, not entirely separate, but definitely airs more on the poppy side of things. Um, you really can't go wrong with it. If you like classic 70s power pop, you will love the Smart Hearts record. Um, it's just incredibly well-crafted songs, driving, energetic, not too lengthy, something like 10 songs and you know, 25 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Great, great fucking record. And then last, I again have been listening to this all year, is the Power Plant LP, People in the Sun. This is on the synthier end of the post-punk spectrum, but again, not not spacey and dreamy, uh, pretty driving, pretty weird, based out of London. It's a solo project from a dude over there. If you like synthy post-punk stuff with, again, an emphasis on the uh, punk element of it, you will definitely dig the Power Plant LP. It's been one of my favorite uh, releases of the year, and I, I mean, I listen to it pretty much every week. Some weeks I listen to it every day. Yeah. So. So, yeah, those are a few records I've been fucking with this week. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, we were listening to the new GT EP mm-hmm. just before we started. Yep. GT's from Australia. It's like, it was one guy, I think it's two people now. Mm-hmm. Really lo-fi, synth, sort of Devo punk. Mm-hmm. The, the recordings are intentionally lo-fi, and uh, the guitar tone, there's like no treble in the guitar. Right. And... Um, Sounds pretty weird and jangly, and every single song is about, like, basically, like, you know, riding around in muscle cars and working on your car and driving right. your hot rod and, like, picking up chicks on your motorcycle. Right. So there's a bit of a gimmick there, but it's really super fucking catchy. Super catchy. Um, so the new EP is Chromosome, mm-hmm. and uh, you should check that out. I think it's only digital release right now. Okay. And then, I was, when, I, when I first heard this, I wasn't sure how... It was sitting with me, but I found I couldn't stop listening to it. Is um, there's like an ambient synth project, another one from Australia, Vorvados. I haven't heard that stuff. Which is basically like um, a Lovecraft story put to music. Okay. It's really dark, ambient. It sounds like it sounds like a cosmic horror mm. soundtrack. That's cool. And uh, uh, the uh, new release that they put out, um, the new tape, is called "A Pulse from the Shimmering Beyond." And it was the artwork that caught my, that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that like there's a lot of synth. It seems that's sort of like, I mean, they're not the first ones to do it. Beharit would do it, sure. where they have like black metal imagery, mm-hmm. but it is clearly not like string instrument based music. Right. And so like the cover totally looks like maybe a real lo-fi black metal album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does the logo and everything like that. But the music, again, is really dope. Like synth horror movie soundtrack D- dungeon synth yes right is that what they call that shit i, I believe so yes okay 
Dungeons and Dragsynth. Okay. Is that like a it. thing? It could I be. I think I just made it. I, th- I think it could be if we decide to go If we decide route. And the last thing that I've been listening to that I've had for a minute, but it was just reissued um, in the States, is uh, the uh, Nosferatu LP, Solution oh, A. Fuck yeah. Super And good. if you don't know who Nosferatu is, um, check them out. Very fucking ripping Texas punk. If you yeah. like very feral, aggressive punk in the style of like void mm-hmm. you know on the void faith split yep it's for you yeah that is a, an incredibly good record um well with that let's go ahead and get into uh, what we've got in the queue this week the format for the show is we put 10 bands in the queue we roll some dice and we see what comes up we usually get through about five or six bands a week so we're gonna go ahead and run through what we've got up this week so first of all i want to shout out uh biff who runs feral kid records he used to play in the band brown sugar back in the day very rad band he's uh, this band from Poland, Jad, played at my house last night, and he happened to be driving them. Um, so we shot the shit, and he uh, he gave me a handful of records, and then he gave me uh, some suggestions of a couple of records um, of uh, bands that he's put out and friends and stuff. So we got a couple of uh, suggestions from Biff in the queue today. Um, the first up is uh, this band Science Man. Um, it's, a, it's a solo project uh, from a dude from Buffalo. He said it was weirdo shit. Uh, he described the live setting as, or the live show as being uh, very strange. I don't know anything about it, but besides how he described it, which sounds fucking cool. Next up uh, is another suggestion from Biff, another Buffalo band called Facility Men with their release, It's Fun to Disappear. Uh, again, know nothing about this. Next up is one that we had in the queue last week but didn't get around to, PCP and the Knives with their record LSD for Breakfast. Uh, Salem, Massachusetts punk band. I was just listening to that the oh. other day. Actually. Oh, were you? Okay, yeah. I haven't. I still haven't listened to it because I was saving it for the pod. So you cheated. I didn't know it was going to be on here. <sighs> you son of a bitch. Then uh, up next we have a suggestion that came in uh, from my friend Jake. He sent in. It's a split on the Arduous Path Recordings, which is a label out of Florida. It's a split between the band Moment of Truth and then a Japanese band called Cruelty. He described it as sort of. Uh, Heavy, ignorant shit that Nate probably wouldn't like, but that I might like because it was very well executed. He said, uh, quote, unlike some of the bullshit that people have been sending you. Oh, so, <laughs> so, okay, he's laying down the gauntlet <laughs> Yeah, I, Jake has very good taste. Nate, I'm not. you might not like this stuff, but at the very least, I am confident that it, it will at least be of a, a caliber that exceeds some of the more dumb tough guy shit that is sent our way okay jake is kind of a death metal kid who is also into hardcore and punk all right next up we have got black canvas this was a band that was sent over over to me by uh ben whitlinger who's one of our patreon subscribers um death metal from wisconsin that's all i know about it looks like a newer ep a very new ep actually came out in uh on october 20th then we've got Wraith, who was in the queue last week, but we didn't get around to. Northwest Indiana um, crossover thrash stuff. Then we have got Chopping Block with uh, with their demo that just came out on October 29th. This was just sent to me actually earlier today. Lo and behold, mastered by Will Will Killingsworth. Okay. So Friend you know, of the show. Friend of, friend of the show, Will Killingsworth, getting all of the work. Um, then we've got another one that was in the queue a few episodes ago, but we didn't get around to a band from Canada called Woolworm, who I don't know anything about besides the fact that a lot of my friends have been sharing their stuff a lot. Then we have got Alpha Hopper from Buffalo. This was also suggested to me by Biff. Um, I think that one of the members of this band also does Science Man. 
And then last, but, uh, well, maybe least, I don't know, because we haven't heard any of this stuff. But last in the queue today is Mouth for War, which was also in the queue last week. Band from Colorado Springs with a, uh, a Pantera reference in their name. We'll see if that, that rings true in the music. Right. If it, hope For you, hopefully not. For me, hopefully yes. yes. I don't like Pantera. I like Pantera a lot. So uh, let's roll that dice and uh, see what's up first. Okay. Two. All right, two is Facility Men. It's uh, facilitymen-bigneck.bandcamp.com. Um, like I said, this is a band from Buffalo that Biff uh, from Feral Kid Records suggested to me only uh, not, not but an hour ago at lunch. And uh, Biff has played in a lot of cool bands, and he releases music from a lot of cool bands. You've heard us talk about uh, the band Pleather on here before. He released the last Pleather 7-inch. Um, he's doing a comp of a uh, bunch of bands from that Hattiesburg, Mississippi scene. So, uh, you know, typically speaking, you know, he's a man of taste. So I trust that this is probably going to be pretty cool. And this episode is a free commercial for Feral Kid Records. It's a free. That's right. <laughs> yo, yo, Biff. You, we've been looking for. We've been looking for sponsors for the, uh, for the podcast. Maybe, uh, maybe Feral Kid's the way to go. Um, what, uh, what track do we want to listen to? Um, looks like not, looks like not the entire LP is available. Looks like there's what five tracks that are up for streaming right now. Yeah. Uh, so what do we want to go with? Do we want to do do the opening track? It's pretty short compared to the rest of the songs. Um, yeah, I guess it is. Let's I guess go with the second is. track, "The Day the Symbols Died." All right, cool. We're gonna listen to "The Day the Symbols Died" by Facility Men off of their LP. It's fun to disappear.
right, we just heard the song The Day the Symbols Died by Facility Men off of their LP, It's Fun to Disappear. Nate? I like that a lot. Yeah. That was uh, uh, punk rock pulling, like we were talking, like it's not quite dingy enough and mm-hmm. noisy enough for AMREP stuff, but it's kind of pulling from the fringes of a lot of like 90s AMREP and early 2000s AMREP stuff. Right. You mentioned Touch and Go. Yep. Um, yeah, it's... It's that punk rock and roll with an emphasis on being like having melody and, and quirkiness to it as well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, so for uh, for the uninitiated, AMREP, uh, short for Amphetamine Reptile, uh, a label that uh, in the 80s and 90s put out a lot of stuff that was definitely firmly in the punk world, but was too weird and... J- I, it was just, it was on the fringe, on the on the fringes even for punk. You know, that w- it was the home of bands like the Jesus Lizard, um, Unsane was on AMREP for a minute, stuff Melvins. like that, Melvins, right. Stuff that was firmly punk, that probably couldn't have ex- existed in any other world other than the broad umbrella of punk, but was nonetheless, uh, I mean, it's the home of the, of what later came to be known as noise rock, right? Right. They were sort of the the progenitors of, or progenitors, rather, of, uh, of noise rock. So this is not quite to the AMREP levels of noise because it's not like, as you pointed out, it's not quite dirty and unhinged enough. But Touch & Go was a label that existed. They Touch & Go formed in the 80s originally as a hardcore label, um, and they later on in the late 80s, early 90s, started putting out stuff that uh, kind of crossed over with that AMREP scene. I mean, even the 80s, they were putting out, like even the early to mid-80s, they were putting out weird stuff that was not squarely in the hardcore lane, like uh, the first Butthole Surfers record came out on Touch mm-hmm. & Go, stuff like that. Um, so this is kind of in that world. It's dissonant and weird and quirky, as you pointed out. Um, but the songwriting is like very upfront. Like there's a lot of emphasis on melody and like good songwriting. The guitar part, the main guitar riff is incredibly catchy. I really, really loved this. This was like super, super in my lane. It's weird because I feel like I this might now kind of get thrown into even though to me this is punk, 100%, I feel like I could easily see a younger kid hearing this and writing it off as being like, oh, this is just like alt-rock. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? It's it's right in the middle. Right. If, if I... The only thing... If I had to say one thing, because the whole thing worked really well, I would have liked to hear like a bit more of a flat sort of disinterested tone to the vocals. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like the vocals all right. I, 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 I like I liked them, but I, I would have liked to hear like... I don't know, vocals like, for instance, like what you see in like a lot of pavement songs. Sure. That bored, disinterested. It's this sounds like a fucking pavement song. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and pavement, pavement's like an interesting, uh, an interesting band though too because like, the we've I think we've touched on it on on the show before, but there was a period of time in the late '80s and early '90s where like indie rock was not what it came to eventually be. Right. The early stuff that fell in the indie rock world was still. Uh, incredibly challenging, oftentimes sonically, if not sonically, in the live settings. I mean, early Sebado shows are uh, notorious for being unpredictable and violent. Right. Yeah. Even though they were playing music that was oftentimes fairly accessible. And that sonically. was like the, the irony of it. Right, exactly. You know? Well, because it was all punks and hardcore kids just playing different music, but they were still the same fucking lunatics and rejects. Right. And Pavement was largely in that, that, that same world in that they were like weirdos. Um, and sonically, a lot of the early pavement material is like genuinely weird. It wouldn't. It would probably not 
pass in most indie rock circles of the you know early aughts and shit when indie became very uh, mainstream and, mm. and actually ceased being independent rock. That just kind of became a genre label as opposed right. to an actual category. But yeah, no, I could see that. This could definitely be uh, you know a uh, an offering from the weirder corners of the pavement catalog if you had some Stephen Malcolm's vocals over the top of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was really good. Super, super, super in my lane. I'm stoked to hear the rest of this LP. This yeah. is really fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Biff for fucking recommending that because that ruled. You want to roll the dice see what's up next? We got nine left. We got nine left, baby. Here we go. Uh, three. All right, so three is, uh, three is something that you might hate. Uh, this is the moment of truth and cruelty split. Uh, the split is entitled "The Beginning, The Beginning to the End," and the Bandcamp is arduouspath.bandcamp.com. Uh, it's the most recent release on that label. This just came out a few days ago, October thirtieth. I kind of want to listen to the Japanese band Cruelty, just because I would like to give some shine to international bands. Okay. We don't get a lot of opportunities to listen to a shit ton of international bands on here. So All right. you know. If, so so let me look this up. Okay. So, so the songs are uh, the songs are long. So we're definitely gonna listen to just one. Jake had suggested maybe listen to a song from each side, but he did note that the songs were longer. Um, and yeah, the songs on the cruelty side are are one is five and a half, one is just under five, one is six minutes long. Well, let's do the one that's just under five. Yeah, that's I I, I agree. So let's listen to uh, Desire by Cruelty off of the uh, off of their side of the Moment of Truth Cruelty split, the beginning to the end, and uh, we'll see if it's indeed some uh, truly ignorant shit. <laughs> Yeah. 
right, we just heard the song Desire by Cruelty off of their side of their split with Moment of Truth. Nate? I like everything about that, mm-hmm. except when they tried to be a heavy hardcore band. Okay. Get rid of the fucking breakdowns. Keep it ripping because the riffs were good. Mm-hmm. The sound was fucking good. Yeah. And that's just fucking death metal. Right. Get rid of the breakdowns. I liked the breakdowns personally. But like the one enough. in the middle, too. It mm-hmm. just stops because the, right. there's a good, there's a good like tempo and sort of vibe going with the song. Mm-hmm. And then they just stop it and have that, what I think is kind of a stupid, unnecessary breakdown in the middle that's right. really slow. Oh, yeah, like the sl- that slam part. Yeah, yeah, it just interrupted everything. Right. Because you take that out, mm-hmm. I mean, this sonically is no different than, like, you know, newer death metal bands like um, uh, Genocide Pact mm-hmm. and, like, Gay Creeper, stuff right. like that. Yep. Um, and as I said to you when we were listening to it, not because they're Japanese, but recording, it just sounds like a fucking Coffins record. Sure, yeah. Super heavy, super thick and burly and, and yep. just full. Mm-hmm. I like that, except for when they tried to be a hardcore band. Right. Don't try to be a hardcore band. Just be a death metal band. Fair enough. And it's way better. Fair enough. Um, I don't mind the hardcore elements in there at all. I think it's. I think. Uh, I think it's fun. It would probably. I'll say this. You're correct in the sense that I think the song would probably be better without those elements in a technical sense. Like I think it would keep the momentum going a little bit better, and the songwriting would probably feel a little bit tighter. And the song would be a minute shorter. Sure. So I feel you in that sense. Um, I don't mind those elements just because I think that they're fucking goofy and fun, and I can ma- imagine in a live setting that that going off and being a, a shit ton of fun to to witness. But uh, in general, I agree with you. I, I think the recording was rad. We were talking when the song was playing, so there's a scene of this kind of stuff going in Japan right now, that kind of straddles the line between death metal and uh, and sort of ignorant heavy hardcore, and for whatever reason, whatever they're filtering it through. It seems to end up much better than a lot of the American bands that are doing the same thing. And I'm not really sure why. If you're not aware, Japan has a storied history with punk and hardcore. Uh, many scenes throughout the course of the, their 40-year uh, love affair with the genre that have absolutely incredible bands. So if you ever want to... Maybe we'll do a Patreon episode where we can do like a, stuff. a deep dive on Japanese hardcore because there's... Man... There are so many great Japanese hardcore bands. And, uh, yeah, the present scene is, is no exception. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on over there right now. And, like, yeah, a lot of the American bands that are trying to do the same thing, I don't know if there's maybe... Maybe it's cultural, like, because maybe there's just too much football jock in the American attempts at this well, kind of stuff. that definitely is an, aff- an affliction that they need to get rid of. What, the football jock the stuff? The football jock stuff. Right. I, I mean, I've bitched endlessly in these 12 episodes every time we hear it sure. about the fucking unnecessary fronting and tough shit. Right. Knock it the fuck off. Right. I don't see it that much in, in like, Japanese stuff. Right. And there is a lot of, like, there... Yeah, I think I think maybe that's what it is. I think maybe it's, like, the understanding of it. Because, so, Hate56, uh, who, if you're listening to this, you probably know who the fuck Sonny and Hate56 are. But if not, uh, Sonny is a dude who has been filming live hardcore shows for a very long time now travels all over the world to do him is a dude who you should definitely support if you get an opportunity but he recently shot a bunch of uh, shows in japan a lot of the bands uh being from this scene particularly and there is a lot of ignorance kids going off wearing ski masks and shit but the difference is 
it looks like they're genuinely having fun. Right. It doesn't look like they're fronting, like they're trying to be hard. Right. It's like, this is fun and goofy. And it's like, you know, 80-pound girls getting hit in the face and, and loving it and right. having a great time. It seems like it's more like a community thing where everybody, every, it's understood that these shows are fucking wild and everybody's just like goofing off and having a great time. It's not like... Uh, uh, some core group of kids that are right. going there to wreck shit and ha- make everybody else have a bad time. And everybody else is hoping not to get hit and right. they're constantly defensive. I mean, I don't go to shows like this because sure. I think, by and large, unless it's straight fucking death metal, right. it sucks. I think I've cemented my opinion on that on here sure. and I'll continue to fucking bolster that. Right. I think it sucks. Right. It. I, I re- repeat, it fucking sucks. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um. But like nobody looks like they're having a good time when I see footages footage of the shows. Right. Like nobody. Right. What the fuck are you even there for then? Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, perhaps that is the perhaps that's the difference. Is it comes without the cultural baggage of like dumb puff tough guy posturing, and everybody's just going off and being wild and having a good time. Right. And maybe that just carries over into the music because there's not the same like football jock culture. Right. For whatever and, reason, it ends up being much better when Japanese bands attempt to do it. And, you know, the same can be said for a lot of, like, American pop culture. The Japanese mm-hmm. take it. Yep. And Japanese culture amplifies it, makes it better. And maybe it's because they strip down, like, the the baggage sure. that comes along with it. Perhaps. You yeah. know, they don't, they don't fucking... It's not, it's not relevant to their experience. It's not relevant to what they need to get from whatever the inspiration is, like whether it's music or, or movies or something like that, they just get rid of the fucking bullshit and noise. Right. Yeah, that could be. Either way, I liked that cruelty stuff. I want to listen to the rest of that split. I'd be interested to see if the if I enjoy the moment of truth stuff. We're not going to play it on this episode because we just listened to five minutes of music from that split anyway, and we got other stuff to get through. But I am going to... Moment of truth has a shitty fucking logo, so fuck that. <laughs> what is it, the graffiti logo? Like it's like logo? graffiti bubble logo. I, I like the logo just fine. But again, I like more much more stuff in that world than you do. But I'm going to listen to it on my own time. If it airs more on the death metal side like this Cruelty stuff did, then uh, a good chance I'll probably like it. But the Cruelty it, logo kind of sucks, too. Uh, what's, what's that look like? Oh, just a, it's, it's, it's shitty. No, that Cruelty logo is fucking awesome. It's not good enough to be an awesome death metal logo. And it's not a hardcore logo. It's, it's shitty. I, I think it rules. Um, let's, uh, but either way, yeah, like I said, I really like that Cruelty stuff. I'm going to listen to the rest of the split on the way home. Uh, let's uh, roll the dice and see what's up next. Four. What do we got? Two, three, and four so far. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is Wraith. Um, the Bandcamp is wraith219.bandcamp.com. It was in the queue last week, but we didn't get around to it. Uh, Northwest Indiana crossover. Haven't listened to it. The artwork looks really cool. In uh, contrast to what you were just pointing out, even though I liked the logos, this logo is undeniably very fucking cool. Uh, kind of a classic thrash logo with a chain yes. and a siphon Now that there. is a cool logo. Very cool logo. Um, this, I think, came out quite recently as well. Uh, August August 16th. Looks like an LP, uh, which is sold out, so good for them. Let's see, what's, uh, what song do we want to listen to from this? Looks like a three-piece, too. I always appreciate a three-piece yeah, thrash band. There's no room for bullshit. That, exactly. You want to do Meaningless Planet? Okay. Pretty much sums up my fucking... Worldview. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, cool. So we're going to listen to Meaningless Planet. It's the uh, third track off of Absolute Power by Wraith.
All right, we went ahead and just decided to listen to two tracks. Uh, so we listened to Meaningless Planet and The Curse by Wraith off of their LP Absolute Power. Uh, Meaningless Planet kind of ended up uh, being the uh, being more of a ballad, so we wanted to get a better feel for the uh, for the band, so we just went ahead and listened to two back-to-back. Yeah. Nate, what would you think? Pretty classic sound. Yeah. I mean, this band has the fucking logo down. Mm-hmm. The artwork is dope on the album. Yep. Um, they've got all the pieces put together. Right. Um, the guitar tone was early 80s like thrash I was like early Metallica sure early like Slayer yep you know mm-hmm. and then just the structure of the songs and like the songwriting itself had a, had a bit of like three piece motorhead in it as well right yeah so I mean it has all the fucking components there there's there's some definite uh, venom in this yeah oh absolutely in the yeah. vocals yep. the vocal delivery and, mm-hmm. and just again that, that guitar sound right definitely venom in there so they checked the boxes there mm-hmm. shit was dope I don't know how often I would spin this if I had this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I sure. would probably just reach for Venom. Right. Or I would probably just reach for Early Creator or something. Or if a cont- if, if I want a contemporary band, probably like Midnight. Yeah. Midnight's a pretty good analog Right, to exactly, this. exactly. Right. So, but I mean, this is fucking dope. Yeah. And um, they're in Indiana. They're not far away. So I want to go see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This this is this is a, a, a brand of metal that translates really well live if the band is proficient. And it sounds like they are. I mean, it's a... It's a brand of metal that is, uh, for lack of a better word, fun. It's yeah. just very fun music, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, all of the, as you mentioned, it's it's clear that they very much understand their reference points and are recreating them pretty faithfully. All of the tones are dialed in. I mean, as, as soon as we heard that very metallic bass tone on the on the first song, I was like, okay, I get this. They, they certainly have their tones dialed in reverby kind of blown out vocals a la venom uh mm-hmm. some early celtic frost influence oh, in sure. there sure um yeah this was really cool i i kind of agree with you in the sense that they're if i i don't know how often i would necessarily spin this just because you know the classics are classics for a reason and it's very hard to beat them and if i were like a younger dude getting uh-huh. into fucking thrash and stuff like that this is an awesome and I saw, this would be a fu- awesome fucking intro yes this is a great fucking way to open the door into that right? world yes but I got a lot of stuff in my album collection that sounds like this right exactly and exactly. Uh, I mean I would definitely buy this if I saw them live oh, for to sure. give them a few fucking bucks yeah absolutely and um, check it out time and time again unfortunately it's only on CD so oh is it really uh, that's what it says compact disc I do not I think I think there was on an LP and it sold oh no the one compact disc sold out and they have oh it vinyl out. and CD pre-order oh okay cool cool so cool. yeah I, you know I would buy this vinyl because the packaging you know would look fucking good too right for sure and uh, I'd like to have this like I said though I don't know how often I would reach for it right just because if I want to listen to this, I'm going to listen to, like I said, fucking, you know, Hellhammer. Right, I'm sure. going to listen to fucking early Celtic Frost. Right, and like, as far as revival bands that have done this, I mentioned Midnight. I mean, it's it's really hard to... It's to a pretty fi- high bar. It's, 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 it's hard to find a contemporary metal record in this lane that's better than, like, Satanic Royalty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a band that nailed this formula so completely. Um, but, this, but this band totally belongs in a bill with Midnight. 100%. And yeah, make no mistake, us saying, oh, you know, I don't know how often I would reach for this is, is no way us disparaging this band. It's just that there are a lot of bands that have done this that, I mean, this is very much in Nate and I's lane. 
Uh, so we both own a lot of records that are in this in this lane that we listen to fairly frequently. Um, so it's in no way a diss on the band that I wouldn't necessarily spin this a lot. It's just yeah. that I, and, and saying that they belong in a bill with Midnight is not throwing a bone either. Like you no. legitimately could play alongside Midnight. One hundred percent. Open up for them. Yeah, this stuff is really really fucking cool. Um, I don't know the age of the the people involved. Uh, be cool if they were younger. Either way, it's rad that there's a band like this that exists regionally because, as you said, young people uh, who are wanting to get into thrash and stuff, this is a really, really good fucking first step on that path. Um, and if you like this, you'll like all the bands that we just referenced. So. And I also want to let you guys know your new logo is way better than your old one. I didn't see the old one. The old one's just like this drippy Wraith logo that's pretty generic. Right. The new logo is way better. Yeah. The new logo is yeah, new logo is very dope. Um yeah, and if I mean if they're only a fucking what a couple hours away from here, right? No reason not to go. Yeah, no reason not to go. And uh, if y'all want to play a show down at Fort Wayne, I definitely got you. I would love to book you in a basement. So holler at me. This is, uh, but yeah, if you like thrashing stuff, there's no reason you wouldn't like this. Definitely pick this up if you get an opportunity. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm happy to big up this, this stuff. It's really cool. Let's, uh, let's see what's up next in the queue. All right, what are we down to? Seven. Yep, down to seven. Seven. Okay. So we have got uh, Mouth for War. Uh, the Bandcamp is mouthforwarco.bandcamp.com. Like I said, this features, I think, I think a couple of the dudes in this band are Indiana natives that relocated out to Colorado. Um, I know a handful of kids from Indiana moved to Colorado. For what reason, I could not fucking tell you. Cause free legal weed. What's that? Legal weed. Maybe. I don't know, man. I don't. I know a few people that have moved to Colorado just for that. I guess it's possible. I, I can't think of another reason to move there because, frankly, Colorado is a fucking hellhole. Hey, Colorado has some dope-ass shit. It's beautiful, but I wouldn't want to fucking live there. Now, frankly, let's, you know, let's be... Let's, a, let's pump the brakes on this. We live, uh, in, we live in fucking Indiana. Indiana, right. But the thing about it, Colorado is that the winters are so fucking brutal. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it's not. Oh man, give me feet of snow. Oh, Jesus Christ, what a fucking nightmare. Give me frozen, frostbitten desolation. No, fuck. I want to die in a fucking frozen mountain. No, I hope I die. I I hope I I die of fucking heat exhaustion. Well, I'm gonna tell you that when it comes time, I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna freeze to death and give give myself a, a sky, sky my burial. own personal sky burial. There you go. Right. Well, I hope to be picked apart by vultures in a fucking desert. Um, so let's see. This is a six-song EP. It looks like it's their debut release. Um, what uh, what song do we want to listen to? The first one it looks like is an intro, yeah. so we can we can eliminate that one right there. Um, what uh, what track do we want to listen to? Uh, they have a self-titled track, M4W. They do. I'm always into a self-titled track. Okay. You want to do that one? Let's try that one. It's right halfway through the release. Okay. Two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to listen to uh, the song Mouth for War by the band Mouth for War off of their release in Ear Cap well, to the, the Ground. the song M4W. Well, we know what it stands for. Be me for wieners. You don't know. <laughs> All right, we're going to listen to Me for Wieners by Mouth for War off of an Ear to the Ground. <laughs> Yeah. 
All right, we just heard the song uh, Mouth for War by the band Mouth for War off of their EP in Ear Kept to the Ground. Nate, why don't you kick us off? I don't give a shit about that. Sure. I used to when I was younger. Right. As I've heard a lot of bands that sound like that. I mean, if I were fucking 22 years old, mm-hmm. I'd have been all about that. Sure. I'm not. Fair I don't enough. give a shit about that. Right. Um, but not mad at it, per se. I'm not necessarily mad at it. I'm not mad at it the way I was like other bands sure. that have come at us with some stuff like this. I think right. that this is a bit better. This is much more like, capable. This was not as good as, um, what was it, Low End or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that, now that shit, right. that was fucking good. Right. That was top notch, I thought. Yeah. Whether, you know, these guys just, it's a difference in recording or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Sure. I like that. This, I'm okay with. Right. But I'm not watching you live. If you're on, I'll that's fine. I'll listen to it. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, this is stuff that you uh, pump in your fucking stereo when you're going down the street and you pull up with the windows next to somebody and like give them a hard fucking look because you want them to know <laughs> how serious you are about you know being serious and listening to serious, angry music. Right? You want people to know that you don't fuck around. Right. Um, but uh, I don't give a shit what people know about me. Right. But you will know that I don't give a shit about this either. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I thought that this was... Uh, I, can't, I I more or less feel the same. Um, I think this was really capable. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think anything about this was bad No, I bet your kids go fucking berserk to this, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's super well Well, you should. Sure. Like, you don't stand around and watch a band like this. You right. go berserk if you see a band like this. Sure. Um, it was well-performed. Well uh, the songwriting was tight. Super capable. Production was good. Um, not mad at anything about this, but it just, you know, th- this kind of stuff, nine out of 10 times, it just misses me. I think the, the difference between this and something like low end is I was thinking about this when I was listening to it actually is a band like low end has a certain pedigree, uh, where they're definitely, they're pulling from, uh, historical reference points. Whereas this to me sounds like a band that is influenced by by other contemporary bands, mm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily feel to me like they're pulling from a lot of classic bands as so as much as they're hearing other bands that are right. playing currently that they like, and they're like, let's do something like that. They're, they're referencing other bands that sound like them instead of referencing old bands and sort of fiddling with the style. Right, exactly. Which yeah. is, there's nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. It just, nine times out of ten, again, that doesn't really do it for me. I like... For whatever reason, I like there to be some historical reference points in a lot of punk and hardcore music that I listen to. I love to hear when it's a synthesis of stuff that creates something that's like fresh and not necessarily just retreading old ground. But it's nice to be able to hear, oh, okay, cool, this is pulled from this, this is pulled from that. I hear where you're coming from. Whereas to this, to me, this just feels like you guys like other contemporary heavy hardcore bands and you decided you wanted to do something like that. And that's totally fine. It's just not really for me. Yeah, I think this is music that is made predominantly for... 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids to yeah. go off to, and that's totally fine. Yeah. There's their, their, their testosterone levels are starting to hit that late puberty stage. Sure. So they're starting to grow their little their little pubes in. <laughs> yeah, the, so they're starting to they're starting to feel that that elevated testosterone that you get when you become a full grown man. Right, right. And then it begins to wane once you become a full grown middle aged man. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, who gives a shit? <laughs> the frontal lobe isn't quite fully developed yeah, yet. Just little fucking testosterone puppies running around, <laughs> wanting to front about how tough they are, and that's fine. I went through that too. Sure. I don't give a shit about you, and I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I'm not sure if that's what's happening with this band, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. You right. know, yeah, yeah. there's there's a certain there's a certain phase where people are intolerable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I certainly was. 
Yeah, and I would say that for a lot of guys, it is between the ages of like 17 Mm -hmm. and 23. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. If you're that old, fuck off. Because you're intolerable. You're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? A lot of the time. You're still yeah. stuck in that high school fucking thing where you gotta you gotta fucking front and you mm-hmm. gotta tell let people know that you don't you're not to be fucked with. Right. You gotta put up your barriers. Your brain's not developed enough to like fully settle in on who you are. Sure. Like we said before, if you're not old enough to rent a car, there's a fucking reason why you're not old enough to rent a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you suck. Yeah. By and large. Oftentimes, this is very You're still much trying the case. to figure out who you are, and a lot of times, unfortunately, that involves fucking thinking you need to swing nuts and walk around like a fucking hard ass and so, cause trouble. Certainly did for me. I got yeah. in a lot of dumb fights between those ages for yeah. sure. Um, but, you know, circling back around again, I, I got no animosity towards this. I got no animosity towards that actually as a phenomenon in general. It's just the thing that happens between that particular, uh, you know, the, in that range of time for a lot of young males. I don't want to be around it, but I'm not mad at it. I get yeah. it. It's a it's a time you go through. I'm glad they don't sound like Pantera. I I would have I would have liked this more I if it had Pantera. sounded like hate Pantera. Pantera. I love Pantera. I hate the people that listen to Pantera. There's a certain fucking ilk. Pa- sure. People that listen to Pantera are like walking fucking rock star energy drinks. Oftentimes, yeah. And uh, or Monster is better. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're you're just a walking can of Monster Energy Drink yeah, if yeah. you listen to Pantera. Sure. And. Um, I hate every member of Pantera. I used to like Pantera, but I hate them all now. I'll tell you why I stopped liking them. Uh-huh. I went and saw them in 1997. Mm-hmm. It was like Far Beyond Driven Tour. Yeah. It was Deftones, mm-hmm. White Zombie, and Pantera. Okay. And it was a big like amphitheater-style concert, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, me and a buddy of mine went down, and uh, I was... Like 19, mm-hmm. you know, the guy I worked with at the grocery store, he and I went down and uh, Deftones didn't, didn't even know who they were. Right. Didn't give a shit about them then, don't give a shit about them now. Mm-hmm. Um, White Zombie. I liked White Zombie because, you know, they're fun. The first fucking, the first record that they broke with, not like their yeah. early stuff, but that's what everybody got to know them, right? Sure. Whatever album that was, who the fuck knows, I right? I can't remember. Um, but that was, a, you know, that album with the Iggy Pop song on it. Right, yeah. Right. Fun, fun record. That's a fun record. Sure. And at that time, I'm into it. Yeah. I was into seeing White Zombie. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Pantera played. And at that time, I really liked Pantera. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what I didn't like. Racism. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's And true. I still don't like it. No, it sucks. And so there were a lot of fucking rednecks. Right. This was something that I was unaware of, is how many shitty fucking rednecks actually like Pantera. A lot. Because, you know, what the fuck do I know at 19 years old? Right. Right. Um, lots of shitty fucking racist rednecks, lots of fucking like what I would have considered then like Nazi skinheads mm-hmm. walking around. And then Phil gives them a shout out during the fucking set. Right. And whether or not he's being ironic, my 19 year old brain does not fucking cotton to racism, period. Right. Right. I was, I was hyper woke when I was 19 in 1997 with regards to that. Right. I don't even fuck around. I wasn't even joking about it. Right. So Phil starts fucking giving him shouts out, shout outs. Right. Man, fuck you, Phil. Sure. You can suck your own dick and balls. <laughs> and I hope every member of that band right now is choking on their own cock and balls, even the dead ones. Fair enough. It's, uh, you know, I I mean, obviously I back all of those sentiments, but it's it, it, it's always struck me as interesting just because you and I both like plenty of music that is sketchy 
and have no qualms separating the fact that that music is sketchy right. from the fact that our politics are like decidedly pretty far left. Right, but if I went and saw like a sketchy band, uh-huh. right? Like, okay, um, Revenge. Sure. Sketchy. Sure. I've hung out with the dudes in Revenge. They There was only one that was kind of nice, mm-hmm. right? Like Jay Reed was like a petulant fucking child bitching because he couldn't get fucking drinks served fast sure. enough to him. Makes sense. And we just hung out with him for like a night. Yeah. Because they came through town. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, the guitar player. Yeah, he was pretty cool to talk to, but I don't know anything about him. Right, and like a, a, a dude that we know mm-hmm. is cousins with um, homeboy from um, um, Angel Corpse. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And like you know, uh, so he was playing with Revenge at that time too, and they came through and they did the show. And I, Revenge is new shit. I mean, say what you will about you know whether about that shit. I think it fucking smashes because oh, I love blasphemy. I think it's great. And I said before I like fucking Canadian Can- Canadian black, black metal. metal is great. Um, and that some of the new revenge shit is fucking total bonkers. Yeah. Nevertheless, revenge is sketchy as shit. It's super sketchy. Yes. Right. Like yeah. we didn't talk politics, but like homeboy, what is the guy's name from fucking Angel Corpse, the bass player and like the main guy in Angel Corpse? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I, I should know it, but right. it's, it's, it's evading me at this moment. Shit, but like, Homeboy wrote a fucking manifesto about fascism. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Homeboy was, at, at, at the time, now this was like 10 years ago or more. Sure. At the time, was like, you know, one of those dudes that was like, you know, he's like, well, I'm a fascist. Right. And then he'd tell you a reason why. Well, I heard, I, like, maybe I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. I remember seeing an interview or something. Oh, well, by the way, mouthful, we're done talking about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, just to wrap it up. You can turn off the show now. Sure. Wasn't wasn't mad about it, but not my shit, but yo, yo do your thing. Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, like, I remember reading an article. I might be making this up, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. I, 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 as we pointed out, I'm always making shit up like people have died and trying to pull the wool over your eyes, right? <laughs> yes, you, yeah, you sure are. Always, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Pete Helmkamp. Oh, okay, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I've talked to Pete. And, I mean, he seems like a reasonable guy, but at the, but at the time, he was also kind of like, dude, you seem like a nice guy. Why do you got to act like you're a fucking dick? Right. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, it way smaller than you think he was. he's going to be, too. Is he? I'm getting off on a fucking total tangent, but like you look at those Angel Corpse records, and he's like, looking down at you, and he's like, right. with his chin up, look at me at Pete Camp. Right. But he's like skinny and little, and he's small. Yeah, maybe that's why he's a fascist. But anyway, like... Getting back to what I, th- sometimes I get confused as to far like things I've made up. Did I make this up or did I actually hear this? Right. Because I've lied so much <laughs> and so often and so effectively throughout my life. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But I remember in my in my head an interview with Pete Helmkamp talking about like how to solve like the AIDS crisis and his solution was just well why don't we round up AIDS victims and kill them? Mm-hmm. We do the same thing with syphilitic koalas in Australia to prevent them. Well, come on, man. You're being intellectually dishonest or just a fucking dick sure. if you're making that argument. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not a real fucking argument. No. But my point was, Angel Corpse, sketchy dudes. Mm-hmm. Revenge, sketchy dudes. Mm-hmm. I've seen Revenge live a few times. They fucking rip. Mm-hmm. And the times that I've seen them, they've never gone up on fucking stage and, like, started espousing sketchy ideas. They sure. just play the fucking music. Fair. Right? It's not turning into a rally. Right. Right? Yeah. At that point, I'm off the fucking wagon if that happens. Sure. Right? And 
by and large, I don't buy sketchy stuff because sure. I don't want to support it. I'll scope it. Right, right, I'll right. fucking find it online, but sure. I'm generally not going to buy it. I won't buy it from the band, typically. Right, you know what right. I mean? I try not to put money in the pockets of sketchy-ass dudes if I can right. help it. You know? Right, but I mean, it's not like I'm not going to necessarily listen to it. Because right. it's not like I'm afraid that I'm like suddenly, oh, you know what, they're right, anti-Semitism. Of course. Why didn't I think about that? <laughs> right? Right, yeah. But I'm not threatened by I'm not the ideas because I think I, the ideas by the are idea stupid. <laughs> right, I just don't necessarily, I'm not going to like financially support it. Sure. So when Phil got up on fucking stage, it was like, you know, three songs into their set. I was really looking forward to seeing Pantera live because right. I really liked at that time Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. Um, and uh, like three songs into their set, he starts talking about his fucking bald-headed brothers and Sig Halen and shit up on stage. I'm out. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you, Phil. I hope you choke to death on your minuscule cock. <laughs> and I hope every single one of you guys is choking on your cocks right now. <laughs> Fair enough. And I don't care if that was a joke back then. Um... I don't fucking, if we were playing a show, like if we were in a band that suddenly for some reason fucking racist rednecks liked and were showing up, I would stop doing the band. Or or in, or make or make it a point to weed those people out. Yeah, like I you would stop I mean? doing the band, and if they kept like like yeah, I, does that first, happen to Judge? I, judge yeah, like, just fought I would, them. I would disparage I mean? them, right, and, yeah. and Tell them to fuck off. But right. if they still kept showing up, I just fucking stop. Sure, I just do something else. You know, fair enough. Fuck off. Yeah, right, right, right. Right, go back to your fucking holes and shoot yourself. Right. Because your life's never going to get any better as long as you fucking cry, cry, cry about your fucking, you know, other people and like your proud. Dude, how fucking ridiculous and pathetic do you have to be where your most crowning, proudest achievement is the color of your skin <laughs> or the fucking country you were born in? Yeah, that's a pathetic existence. That is a pathetic fucking existence. So, fuck you, Phil Helm. Not, I got Pete and Phil confused. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Phil Anselmo. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck your band. Fuck your fans. You fucking walking monster, monster energy drinks. Fuck you guys. <laughs> On that note, let's roll the dice to see what's up next. What do we got? Six left, right? We got six left. Let's do... Uh, we'll do at least one more. All right. We got it kind of off on a tangent there, so... Four. Four. All right. Let's see what we got. Uh, four is the demo by the band Chopping Block. The band camp is choppingxblock.bandcamp.com. Uh, this just came out October 29th. It was sent to me earlier today or maybe late last night by somebody on uh, Instagram, member of the band. He said, we may hate it, we may not. He said he, it, he said he, he, it felt like something that we might enjoy. So we will see. Okay, Chopping X Block. Yes. Uh, like I said at the top of the episode, mastered by Will Killingsworth at Dead Air. Will getting all the work, fucking raking in that punk and hardcore money. Good for you. Will, I hope that you're fucking... I hope that you've got a yacht uh, and a private jet in the works right now because clearly you're getting rich off of these kids. Um, the band is based out of Seattle. All the songs, quite short. Super short. Yep, so let's listen to a couple. Why don't we just listen to the first two tracks, uh, Blinded and Chopping Block? Well, there's a couple minute ones. But why don't we listen to Chopping Block and Trapped? Okay. Because then we, we hear them at their fastest and their slowest. Okay, fair enough. So we're going to listen to Chopping Block and Trapped by the band Chopping Block off of their uh, debut demo. Look your head 
heard the songs Chopping Block and Trapped by the band Chopping Block off of their brand new demo. Nate, what do you think about that? If you don't like that, you don't like hardcore. I agree. There's literally nothing wrong with that. Nope. Guys, if you put that on a physical format, I'll buy it. Me too. Um, it's only digital right now, mm-hmm. and I don't buy fake music. Sure. It just came out a few days ago, so yeah. I, I would imagine hopefully they have a physical release in the works. Yeah. I mean, that was dope. Yeah. That's pulling heavily from like late 80s straight edge stuff mm-hmm. um especially of the west coast variety yep they're from seattle so that makes sense makes sense i mean we both we both heard it and both said it no for an a- no for an answer right yep. like right away yep um you can't go wrong with that no you really can't uh, it was super well played super super well written did not overstay its we- welcome at all that first song chopping block sounded like you guys had a really good idea for a song but just then decided not to finish it <laughs> which i'm fine with. which is fine <laughs> yes. i'm just you know like yeah. that song could have easily been another minute and i'd still been into it sure same you know which is which is rad because usually we're saying the opposite like yo you cut cut, it. cut 45 seconds off that yeah. song in this case we're saying that, that add add 45 seconds yeah it left me hungry at the end and right. then you stop it i'm like well that's it yeah but that's yo that's what that's great yeah leave us wanting more right and don't sound like pantera and, and don't sound like pantera i will say just touching back on that real quick i do love pantera but to be quite frank with you i don't like any bands that sound like pantera so no. other than pantera so you know fair enough yeah i'm glad that, i'm very glad that shopping block does not sound like pantera but yeah this stuff was fucking rad as you said west coast uh mid to late 80s west coast straight edge hardcore um kevin who sent this to me i've known for a grip uh, met a long time ago up in Olympia, um, playing playing a show together. I was walking down the street. Well, we played a show together, and then a few days later, I was up there recording an album. And then a few days later, Josh and I, my homie, were walking down the street, saw a show going on, um, and it just happened to be a gag show. And I believe Kevin's old band played that show. Uh, I could be wrong about these facts, but I'm pretty sure that happened. I, I know that the gag show happened for sure. It was Gag and Scary Man and one of the like New New York like DB bands. I can't remember which one. Very fucking cool show. And I'm pretty sure Kevin's old band played. But if uh, if I'm wrong, sorry about that. Either way, it's chopping block stuff. Real fucking cool. That was good. I would like to hear. Uh, I would like to hear more of this. Um, not an LP's worth. Not an LP's worth because this kind of music, unless your LP is like. 10 song, you know what I'm saying? Like a 10 right, song. like a 45, 12-inch. Right, yep. Like, But this is more, this is 7-inch. Right, right, right. For sure, for sure. Um, it's, I mean, bands of this ilk, it's, you know, the, the format is great. I like it. It comes off in a live setting when you play a 15-minute long set, and it pops off in, you know, 8-minute increments on a 7-inch. It, you know, this stuff can get very samey. If you give me a th- 30 minutes of it, I don't no, need that I don't at like all. No, I don't like it. Again, we said it last week. Your record should never be longer than your live set. Right. Never. And if you're playing this kind of music, your live set should never be longer than 15 minutes exactly. long. Exactly. So, yeah, you give me a seven inch of this stuff, I'll be very hype on it. This is a, also very strong for a fucking demo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, No, you can tell these guys were, like knew what they wanted to do and did it. Yeah, for sure. Um, psyched on this stuff. Hyped to hear more. Thanks for sending it in. Big big ups to Chopping Block. 
if you again as i say to many uh many good bands that send in stuff to us not the bad ones because i don't want to hear you guys or play with you guys uh or book you but uh if you're good you want to play out in indiana holler at me i'd be happy to throw you guys a show in my basement i think that uh i think we got time we got time for another band let's do one more okay and then we'll uh, then we'll get around to uh, voice messages. We only got a couple this week, so I think that gives us enough time to do one right. more band. Two. All right, so two is PCP and the Knives. Um, the Bandcamp is pcpandtheknives.bandcamp.com. What's that? I can't imagine there's another one. No, I imagine that is the only one. Um, I believe this is their debut uh, release. Band from Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, the record is called LSD for Breakfast. Um as I mentioned on the last episode, my homie Meyer sent this to me. He sent in a few bands, all of which we've liked so far. Um, Nate informed me that uh, he cheated because uh, I guess he listened to this outside the context of the show already earlier this week. Yeah, and I didn't um, I didn't know this was going to be on the show. Right, right. I will say that I, che- I listened to a lot of stuff this week, so I don't necessarily... That doesn't mean that I know what this sounds like off the top. I mean, I know what it sounds like looking at it and <laughs> yeah, looking yeah, at the yeah. name of the band. Right, yeah. But I, I honestly could not tell you what these songs sound like because I listened to it once, like, right. you know, on fucking Sunday. Fair enough. So I have not listened to this stuff yet. Um, got six songs. Is uh, I wonder if Your Ex is, uh, is a Faith cover. Yeah, I don't think we should listen to that. Yeah, it's probably a Faith I cover. I think it probably is. It's, it's a bit longer than their other songs, yeah. too. Uh, so what song do you want to listen to? Um let's uh let's listen to Failure track 2. All right, we're going to listen to Failure by PCP and the Knives off of their debut release LSD for Breakfast. I know how you are. I know what you do. I'm- heard the song Failure by the band PCP and the Knives off of their release LSD for Breakfast. Again, if you don't like hardcore, like if you don't like that, you don't like hardcore. Right. I mean, that that is that is quintessentially hardcore punk. Sure. It is hearkening back to the roots of it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it could have came out of 1982. Right. Um, especially East Coast. Sure. 
you know? Right. I mean, this sounds like it, you know, they're from Salem, Massachusetts, and it sounds like they could have sounds been like from Salem, Massachusetts or a Boston band years or something. Ago, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Looking at the picture of the band, they look like a bunch of goofs. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'm into. I'm into. Yep. I'm into weirdos. I'm not into a uniform. Yep. And, and looking like a weirdo can be considered a uniform, but sure. I think I've said before, I, I particularly detest the hooded mosher. Right. And I detest the, uh, the, the mesh shorts. And the tough guys and the muscles. I'm into hooded moshers, not into t- not into tough right. guy mesh shorts. I want to see people just looking like a bunch of fucking randos. Yeah, because um, I know that's probably going to be more interesting. Sure. And I'm looking at the singer. He's got you know like bowl cut bangs and bleach cut and bleach dyed hair. He's got a sleeveless necklace, collarless septic death T-shirt on. Right. White shorts. The only kind of look that a skinny young man can pull off. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Only a skinny young man can pull that off. Yeah. If if a, if a Heavy set older man tried to look like that and be like, Jesus, look at this fucking bozo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Look at this undignified bozo. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Uh, and he looks perfect for the fucking role. He does. Right? Everybody else just looks awkward as shit in the picture. And right. that appeals to me. This is this is quintessentially fucking music for weirdos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I like the song. Yeah. The song was dope. So the look is good. The song was dope. I like it when people spell the title of the song same yeah you know what i mean yep and like make that part of this part of the part of the chorus mm-hmm. or whatever i like the song uh, the, the production on the song was dope yep because again it had like that amateurish raw sound to it sounded like it was recorded on a boom box i yeah i yeah. don't need you you don't want high fidelity or like really good production for shit like this by mm-hmm. and large yeah yep you want it to sound raw yep and uh this this uh Going out on a high point tonight because I think that this was my favorite thing we heard. Yeah, this was well. Actually, I would say the no, f- the that, first the band Family Man. What was it? Facility Man. Facility Man. That yeah. was really good. That, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as what I would consider hardcore, sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, the Facility Men was the my Facility favorite Men stuff was, that I heard tonight, but this was definitely the best of the stuff that airs on the side of hardcore, in my opinion. Um, it. Uh, it sounded like like I expected it to sound from the cover and the name. You know what I mean? This was definitely this is a whole package thing. Again, a band that uh, they clearly know what they want to do and they're doing it effectively. Um, you said most of what needs to be said about this. It airs more on the punk side of hardcore punk, right? Which you can't go wrong with. You truly cannot. Um, if you feel differently, you know that's totally fine. But we do have a uh, a fundamental. Uh, disagreement in terms of, of what we enjoy about hardcore. And if, you're fundamentally wrong. <laughs> maybe not objectively so, but yeah, in my opinion, yes, I you're would agree. You're fundamentally wrong. Right, right. It's like saying you'd rather have 20 quarters instead of one $5 bill. You're fundamentally wrong. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. It spends the same, though. Yeah, it spends, but you're wrong. It spends the same, but one is clearly inferior. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um well, it's actually interesting because one of the kids that has just started coming to shows at the house texted me before the show last night and was like, hey, man, uh, I really want to come to the show tonight, but would you? could I pay you in 20 quarters? And I was like, I mean, yeah, it's not my preference, but it all spends the same. So Swap it out for a five when you get it yeah. and take the quarters to the pinball. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah, of course you can, but a, uh, a strangely timely analogy. But, yeah, this is great, but... At, if you don't like this, um, 
like I said, we just we clearly have very different tastes because I don't I truly don't understand what there is to not like about this. Yeah, that was good. If you like punk, you should like this. Right. Um, so yeah, shout out to PCP and the Knives. I fuck with that. Is this out on a physical format of any sort? I don't see. I a don't link. think so. I think it's just buy digital album. Right uh, yeah, now. I don't. I don't see a link to it. And again, this came out, you know, fucking a couple weeks ago. Right. So some of these releases are new, new. So there might be physical releases in the works for a few of them. I hope right. so because there are a few things uh, from the episode tonight that I would very much like to purchase if I could. Yeah, for sure. So uh, on that note, I guess let's uh, let's get over to voice messages. Okay. If you want to, I think we only got a couple this week. That's fine. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, let's tackle the first one. Hey, not here to talk shit, but just to pose a question. What if you think that hardcore, the reason why it just sounds so uninspired anymore and just doesn't get you pissed off like the way it used to is that it's written with the intention of someone else understanding or someone else's reaction. So songs are written with, like, these, like, shitty fucking breakdowns that's, like, no different than the of fucking disco because it's the same intention of this music that I'm creating doesn't fucking move me, but I I am so fucking selfish in seeing others enjoy it. You know, it's almost like when fucking Pink Floyd was talking about, like, you're all the pigs and you're eating my shit. Anyways, what do you guys think? All right, so that was a message from a guy I've known for a long time, Tim. We've talked about Tim on the show before, as I mentioned to you, Nate, when you uh, he used to play in a Christian metalcore band that asked to play your old venue, the Harrison House, and you told them to fuck themselves. Right. Um, and also our friend uh, Dusty told our other friend Tanner that Tim had died once, and Tanner promptly deleted Tim's number from his phone. So the meat of Tim's question, I get it. Um, it was kind of a rambling roundabout way to get to it. Yeah. Why doesn't hardcore sound as inspiring? I think it depends on the band. There's plenty of shit that I think is inspiring. That protocol shit I was listening to the other day, Mm -hmm. I get fucking goosebumps. Yeah, it's so good. He does touch on a point. Sure. And we've always said it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like basically, we've acknowledged this in in saying that, you know, it has to come from a real place. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can you can you can spot the falseness right away. Sure. Right. I mean, you can, you can spot it a mile away and, and it is better to be bad than to be false. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to go for something in an effort to like get people to like it, that, that sends them that, that, that just gets my spidey sense tingling. And right. generally speaking, that sounds false. It's not very inspiring. You're right. Sure. If you're just writing something cause it's what you like, mm-hmm. And it's coming from a real place that comes across in the music, generally speaking. Right. And, um, you know, it is going to be better. Sure. So that's probably a point. It's also probably a point that maybe, Tim, you're just getting older like we are. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff on here that if I would have heard when I was fucking 17, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. I'd have been dope like mouth for war. Yeah. If I'd have heard that at fucking 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Right. But now I don't give a shit. Right. Because I've heard a lot of it. Sure. And so there's a lot of, you know, we, we, could, we, could, we could draw a bunch of hypotheses on why this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that you really need to pay attention to, like, the band, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is their intent? Because, yeah, if it is directed towards achieving, like, kids going crazy without really thinking about what they want to write, right. that's false. Sure. And I don't know if anybody's actually doing that. I think that last week when we talked about 
Pawn, mm-hmm. or last time, was that last week? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was two, two episodes two, ago. Two episodes we talked ago. about yeah, Pawn. Yeah. Like, those lyrics were just uninspired. Right. It, it just seemed like, hey, let's write about something that's fucking hard. Sure. I know it's hard, blowing your brains out. Right. Right? And uh, to me, that just, it seems super false. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Maybe the music is what gets them going, but it really looked like those lyrics were just kind of like, uh, some fucking peanut butter and jelly. Let's just throw it together because we got nothing else to fucking eat. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. But again, I go back to protocol. You listen to that shit mm-hmm. and uh, read those lyrics and those dudes are fucking fired up. Right. And that shit's coming from a real place. Yep. You know, for sure. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I think it's probably a combination of getting older mm-hmm. and it's harder to get the fucking blood flowing. Right. And uh, is the band fronting or is it not? Are they not fronting? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, your question was framed in a very broad sense and a sort of uh, maybe unintentionally so, but it's sort of an accusatory sense. Like, why is hardcore like this now? Uh, you got to be careful. That's almost old man talk. It buddy. is old man talk. And that's what I was about to say is this this is not the old man podcast. And it, we are attempting to be the antithesis of the old man podcast, which is why we only talk about new bands and why we big up shit even that we don't like. You know what I'm saying? That way we encourage people to go see and purchase music from bands that we might think suck. Because, yo, at the end of the day, this scene and community and this style of music is not for the 30-plusers. It's for young kids. And, like, we're just... We're here, we're participating, we're spectating, and I'm fucking happy to be here. I'm not going anywhere else. This is one of three things in the entire world that I like. But make no mistake, I understand that my opinion is worth less with each passing year. Yeah. And, like, that's as it fucking should be. Even if I don't fucking like what's happening, there's a lot of shit in the fucking, like, mainstream hardcore zeitgeist right now that I don't get or think is lame. But, yo, if that's what's popping, that's what's fucking popping. And it'll come back around to something I like eventually, too. You know what I mean? Like, this shit works in cycles. So, as far as speaking about, like, why is hardcore this way now... It's not any different than it's ever been, man. If you think that there were bands in 1985 that weren't just writing songs because they thought kids would go off to it, you're wrong. They were happening. And also, Tim, I'm not going to diss you too hard right now, but I do know your lineage of bands. They suck. (laughs) Every band you've ever been in has sucked. Very bad. And I love you. You know what I'm saying? I used to go see some of your bands because you're a homie. Your bands are not good. And by and large, they've been like Christian metalcore bands. So you are not... I don't know, dude. I don't think you have. The, I don't think you got the cred to step up to the entire to the youth and to say why is hardcore this way now? Because I saw you pray before songs, so you you know what I'm saying. You gotta you need to take don't, a seat, my friend. Don't even get me fucking started on that. And I don't I don't know Tim per se, right? Um, so I'm gonna say nothing about your fucking bands. I think I told you go fuck yourself years ago. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, my my word of warning is. Don't be an old man. Right, yeah. Don't be a fucking old man because there's nothing fucking worse than an old man, you know, sitting in the bleachers and telling the young kids how they need to play the game. Yep. I mean, I, we talk shit on this show. Sure. But I I don't get, I, I, you know, I don't want my intent to be, yo, stop fucking playing music right. and listen to what this old fucking stupid idiot has to say. Right. I'm just going to bitch about your music because if I think it sucks, I'm going to say that. Sure. Right, and that's all it is. Right, um, that's that's all it is. This is the fucking, this is like pissing. This this is like the mist of my piss in the wind. <laughs> right, you know what I mean. Yeah. It means nothing. Right, right. 
Um, but boy, one thing that I try very hard not to do mm-hmm. is fucking fall into old man syndrome. Sure. And glory day syndrome and shit like that. Right. Nostalgia is for fucking posers. Yep. And uh, anytime that I do sound like an old man, I try to call myself out and I apologize for it. Yep. Because I fucking hate it. Shit sucks. I may be older and I may have, an, in some ways, like my thinking process is obviously and rightfully changed. You don't want a dude, like a 40 year old dude, still thinking like a 20 year old dude. No, that sucks. But believe me, there is. A young man screaming against the chains of modernity <laughs> inside my cerebral cortex. Yeah. And he is twisting and writhing and fighting as hard as he fucking can to kill the fucking old gray bastard that is, like, <laughs> you know, trying to tie him down. Right. You do not want to be an old man. That, that is as good a, that is a, a sound advice, a, advice as you will get on this show. We we stand by that. That's the let that be the thesis of all episodes moving forward. No old man shit. Um, we got one more message. All right, want to listen to it real sure. quick? All right. Shut your fucking mouth when it comes to me and take my name out of your fucking mouth. You think I owe you money, motherfucker? You come and take it from me. I'll meet you anywhere, anytime to give you your fucking money. And you ran your mouth like a butthurt child. You hurt me. I'm representing my generation a whole fuck of a lot better than you are. Get your life together. You had a chance to talk. I'm done talking about it. Starting now. God damn it. Somebody did not like what we had to say. <laughs> it's evidently not. They did not uh, give us their name or anything like that, so I don't know who it was. But uh, either that's a wrong number, or somebody's coming hard at us for some shit we had to say. Well, I guess we. I guess uh, they claim that we've said that they owe them owe us money. Maybe we caused them to lose record sales because we told people not to. Oh shit, dude! I bet you this was fucking. Um, Is it Prissy? No, not Prissy. Who? It had to be one of those fucking California bands. Oh, like One Minute Run? Bad, yeah, or One bad, Minute Run. Bad Looks? Or Bad Looks. Oh, could be. Could be. I think it might have been. It could, that's the, that's I bet the, you it was that fucking angry guy in the red shirt from One Minute Run. Oh, yeah, you said he looked He looked like a Dude, he looked scowling, like he wanted to yeah. fight me and we hadn't even listened to the song yet. Right. It had to be him. It had to be. That's the only theory to me that makes sense. Yeah. So, well, One Minute Run, I mean... I'm sorry that you guys took it so personally. We didn't mean to hurt your feelings that bad, but... If we ruined your musical career, then just fucking play something else because you guys know how to play your instruments. Right. F- go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's a, that, Now, the end of that sentence took a turn because I didn't know you were going to close up with go fuck yourself. Yeah. At first, it sounded a little bit more encouraging. Like, hey, you guys know how to play your instruments. Go do something else. But then you kind of wrapped it up with a go fuck yourself. I mean, that's the final word in those situations, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least when it comes to us, it certainly is. Yeah. Um, on that note, let's just go ahead and shout out. We got a few new Patreon subscribers. Okay. So let's shout those uh, those truly, I was going to say fools as in like the, you know, the sort of uh, street vernacular fools, but truly fools for giving us money. I, I, uh, I won't call you fools. I'll never insult your intelligence for giving us money. <laughs> um, so we got uh, Zach Jones. We have got uh, AJ. And then we have got uh, Nick Matocho. Nick, I have known for quite a long time. Um, Nick is a fan of some of my solo endeavors. Okay. He was, I think, the first one to ever get a tattoo uh, that was directly related to my music. Hmm. And now he's given us money. So, man, Nick, you're a fucking, you're a real one. Yeah, you are a real one. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, 
let's just you know round out the episode with a little house cleaning. If okay. you uh, if you want to send us music, we uh, we can always use new submissions. Send it over to demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to join the ranks of fools giving us money, go ahead and uh, head over to patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. Um, if you uh, if you subscribe at the five dollar tier and up, you'll get access to uh, Patreon episodes. We do one every other week, um, and basically we the format's a little bit different than this. With the with these episodes, we try to keep everything uh, grounded in the present and current events. Uh, with Patreon episodes, a lot of time we'll take a a look at older stuff, um, go digging through our personal stacks, record collections, stuff like that, um, and have an opportunity to sort of reflect on the past because you know. That's an equally important part of this whole thing. Um, then if you uh, want to talk shit to us, uh, you can go ahead and call us at 260-222-8341. And uh, I think that's about it for the week. Okay. Let's. Uh, oh, also, I will shout out real quick. I had the band Jad from Poland at my house last night. Um, they are currently on a tour of the U.S. I'm not sure how much longer they're out, but uh, look up Jad. They're really fucking good if they're coming anywhere close to you. Uh, Go see them. Where are they playing tonight? They're playing in Hammond, Indiana tonight, but by the time people hear this, they already will have played there. Okay. So if you're hearing this on Sunday... That's right. This isn't live. This what a fool live. I am. What, what a, a fool stupid fool I am. <laughs> but if you're if you're hearing this on Sunday, I believe that they are playing in uh, Milwaukee on Sunday. My point is, their tour schedule is online. They still have a handful of dates in the U.S. to go. Uh, members of government flew ripping fast uh, Polish hardcore. Go see them. Go support things that are happening now, because if you don't do that then uh, you suck and you're a lame poser. Peace.